You're listening to Highlights from One Planet Podcast's interview with Mackenzie Funk, journalist, writer, and co-founder of DECA. Mackenzie Funk, welcome to One Planet Podcast. Thank you for having me. This was yeah, a few years ago, 2019 or so, the London Review of Books published this. And it goes, uh, last spring, my wife, wanting to change career, was accepted by nursing school. And our family, the two of us, two young boys, a middle-aged dog, suddenly had to move house. We were leaving Seattle where we had lived for a decade, a city with ample rain, the one within range of volcanoes and earthquakes, for a small town in the mountains of Southern Oregon. I put the climate change books I had agreed to write about for this paper in a cardboard box and put the box on top of the other starting to fill our garage and soon spring turned to endless destructive summer. The town we were moving to is called Ashland. It's beautiful a surprise cluster of civilization just north of Oregon's border with California, where restaurants and shops and stately wooden houses sit at the foot of a forested mountain range called the Siskiyous. I first heard about the smoke problem from a publisher of religious and philosophical books who'd lived in Ashland for 24 years, raising his three children in a blue three-bedroom house near the business district. Now they were grown up and publishing was dying and he had found he had trouble breathing in the summer months because there were an increasing number of fires in the surrounding hills. The forests here are dense and dry. The valley is shaped like a trough. When wildfires burned, the smoke lingered in the valley for weeks and he had to stay indoors. It had happened almost every summer for the previous six years. It was the new normal, people in Ashland said, an effective climate change. The publisher was moving to Los Angeles, a metropolis once famed for its smog, partly because the air there was sure to be better. When I visited him one rainy May evening during a house hunting trip, his his home was supposedly a steal because it was selling for under half a million dollars. We drank tea at his kitchen table, surrounded by his boxes and furniture and former life. When a building is burning, firefighters usually try to extinguish every last flame. It's a fight to the death over in a matter of hours. When thousands or tens of thousands of acres of forest are burning, the major goal is containment, a kind of negotiated peace with a force greater than man. The autumn rains finally arrive. Many wildfires are left to smolder and to smoke for weeks or months on end, causing little newsworthy damage. Disasters like the conflagration that consumed Paradise, California in November, killing 81 people, the deadliest and most destructive wildfire in the state's history, do happen. But the climate disasters facing millions of other residents of the American West is more insidious. In a town like Ashland, the smoke blots out the color of the houses and hills, rendering everything in grayscale a slow burn diminution of the way life here used to be. I think people are beginning to make sort of either rational or rash decisions about, about the wildfire smoke after the summer. So you're a climate uh, migrant. <laughs> I guess so. And, um, and, we, and we hear stories, I mean, it would, projections, you know, that uh, New Orleans will be an island, um, you know, so many of the places that we love that we'll have to leave behind. I like to talk about the positive things that we can do. You know, I like to not to focus on the negative and the positive, mm-hmm. but at the same time in your book, Windfall, um, you've really, you know, traveled around the world and you've examined what has been sold, uh, what has been greenwashed. That's how we're getting people to buy into the systemic change. And so it's interesting because I imagine we do want these changes, but we have to be critical of what, how we're doing it and to make sure it's really benefiting everyone. Yeah. Well, I think the, the honest truth is that 
it'll be people like me feeling a little bit guilty about having the means to see what's coming. And I've got the the background to know what's coming and to take steps to protect my family. That's absolutely what this is. And not everyone, of course, not even a very small portion of the planet has that that level of privilege to be able to not just have the foresight to see it because of just the background of education I, I got or the means to just pick up and move. And, and it was people taking steps to deal with climate change, but not really to deal with emissions or to deal with agreements, but to literally protect their own patch or try to make a buck off it. It just seemed very disconnected from this political reality, which was sort of meetings to have different meetings, agreements to have an agreement later, things like that. And so it's interesting because although I, I'm i in favor of anything that gets the whole world to have these, I don't even want it just to be conversations because as much as I believe in conversation information, I want it to be the action. So, uh, but anything that might incentivize the difficult decisions as we face these challenges, and so they do that by selling it as this capitalist opportunity, but it just feels like in the end, it is a zero sum game and they're offering, yeah, you know, stocks in this kind of opportunity and who's losing out on that. And I feel, uh, you know, sometimes we have to think along like socialist lines. Sometimes we have to think about not making a profit and not having infinite growth. Yeah. And that was something I, I came away with. Absolutely. And if not, and even if you believe that capitalism works in, in certain ways, the idea of unfettered capitalism, this sort of libertarian dream of the market will solve it, that's actually never been true. And so whether you have socialism or just, just some guardrails on capitalism, you need to set up a marketplace that works for everyone and then let capitalism work within that box was, was one thought I had. But it was, it was laughable looking at the schemes I looked at in, in Windfall everything from, like I mentioned, desalination, seawalls, uh, these allegedly climate-proof crops or oil companies going for for uh, the melting Arctic to try to extract the oil. If you just let capitalism run or you know, hedge funds buying up farmland in places that are thought to be thir- fertile in, in 20, 30 years so they can sell the food to desperate people, just let capitalism run, it's going to just do what it does and try to make money. And so minimally, you need a lot of, of guardrails. And if we're trying to, you know, they're really, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about adaptation on one side, which is living in the world that we've, we've ended up creating here and we keep on creating. And then there's what, what's known as mitigation, of course, which is cutting emissions and trying to make it not as bad as it's already going to be. And it's not either or. And, and mitigation is generally more more uh, democratic, more socialist. It's generally you cut emissions, you cut them for everybody. And of course, how you cut them is brings in some equity questions. But adaptation is where there's a real danger of imbalance of the rich protecting their own patches or even trying to make money off that, off the off the changes, off the physical impacts. You know, the people rushing for farmland in Canada and Russia or or Greenland, uh, rushing for oil in the Arctic. And that, that is a form of adaptation. That's a form of living in this new world we've made. And I worry most of all about, about that the rich countries aren't going to put money into adaptation for the poor countries unless they think it's in their interest. And 
to some degree it is. You know, I think a lot of the, we've seen the, the migration crises on, in Europe, yeah, you know, basically anywhere there's a, a rich country, it's a magnet already for many reasons and climate is increasingly one of those reasons. So in a cynical way, you can justify it. Exactly. And the climate changes and the hardships experienced by other countries, uh, you know, the whole planet, it, it affects the climate change for us. Yeah, I think it's important to, it's important not to be too cynical about what was happening, you know, and, and it's important to be clear that the book was reported between 2006 and seven is when I really started getting interested in climate change. And then it was published in 2014. So it's a snapshot of a certain time. And when they aren't kind to other people and thinking and trying to put themselves in other people's shoes. And that's as parents and, and especially through all this reporting, what I've tried to do is think through these, these solutions and these fixes we have for everything and make sure that we're not forgetting those on the, you know, that we're, we're thinking about other people. I've, I've had the conversation that almost you and I had with myself thinking that capitalism won't do it, you know, self-interest isn't going to do this for us and as, as silly as it is to think that that empathy will do it or or caring about your, your fellow humans will do it i don't know what else there is to hope for i wouldn't have i would have done something a little different than journalism as i was just explaining to you <laughs> than if it were just pure rational self-interest and i think that's i don't think that's just me traveling around the world that's everybody not not person to a person but every place you go you meet people who honestly care about others and and want to make the world a better place not just for themselves but for others we all live on one planet we call home thank you for your dedication to the environment so mm. we can establish new norms and understand the structures of power and for your adding your voice to one planet we hope you've enjoyed the program and listening to the highlights of this podcast. If you would like to get involved with One Planet Podcasts or learn more about environmental projects, click on the subscribe button. Thank you for listening.